San Diego's talk radio leader, 760 KFMB presents It's Your Money and Your Life. For the next hour, Richard Musio and Joe Vecchio will educate and inform you on matters related to your financial future, your life, and your leisure. Now, with It's Your Money and Your Life, here are Richard and Joe. All right, everybody. My name is Joe Vecchio, your co-host, announcer, and producer, coming to you from um, KFMB Studios with 50,000 watts of power. Heard not just in San Diego County, but Orange County, L.A. County, up the coast of Seattle on a good night, down to Cabo, out to the desert. If you download the app for 760 KFMB or tune in radio, uh, you can hear us live as the show airs. And all these podcasts are commercial free on iymoney.com, and we are free on iTunes if you search the title of the show. Now time to introduce the main man of the hour. He's a CPA extraordinaire, accomplished marathon runner, best-selling author, lecturer, philanthropist, and family office expert advising several high net worth families. His name is Richard Musio. Richard, good evening. How are you tonight? I'm great, Joe. I'm just in from San Antonio where I presented at the Mary Kay National Sales Director Emeritus Reunion. Uh, oh my God, you went into the den of wolves. I went there. into the den of pink wolves. <laughs> And They're mad at you, aren't they? No, the, the national sales directors love me. Oh. Mary, Mary Kay itself, Mary Kay Corporate in Dallas, hates oh, all, me. All the ladies who... Uh, uh, so yeah, who I'm representing. So anyway, I, uh, I hosted this breakfast on Wednesday morning, and I, I've got nine RSVPs, right? And so mm-hmm. I, I booked the Las Canarias restaurant balcony mm. for this breakfast. I told them we'd have 20 people. Well, 50 people showed up, so oh i got to give a big thank you to one of our sponsors, Elite Lifestyle Management, Michelle St. Clair's great company, because they did some quick last-minute things to um, pull that thing off. Wow, um, that was with, on your tab? Well, no, I, I, and then Mary Kay wound up um, paying for a good chunk of it. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Revenge. Well, uh, you know, we haven't really talked in, in detail, but, I mean, they have really, um, I don't want to say the word screwed, but they've, uh, they've really... You just said it. <laughs> They've screwed their retirees. The There's reti- no question. The very women who built that company yeah. are being thrown. It's a sad, tragic story, and I hope They're it's... being thrown under the pink bus, and yeah. after they get run over, Mary Kay shifts in reverse and finishes well, them off. So. I think uh, 60 Minutes is going to get get on this, yeah. and uh, they're, they're in trouble. But, so a bunch uh, of lovely ladies down, yeah. in, down in San Antonio. I had 50 when I was expecting 10 and hoping maybe I'd have 20. You know, this is kind of reminiscent. Of, this is Bill Lirac's big case, his first big case against United Methodist Church here yep. and the retirees, and, and he got a bunch of, of elderly women together, and I'll tell you, they're, they're very effective in court and mm-hmm. he, he, got a, he got a very nice settlement so uh, hopefully that works out in your but, but, case but we don't think retired women should be paying self-employment tax and um, mary Kay is contributing to the mess yeah well hopefully this uh, issue will get uh, more exposure yeah. and uh, but it's it's i'm glad so that I, I made it back without being run over by a pink vehicle while crossing <laughs> the street well, on another victorious note, uh, that Cubs game. Now, of course, the show is airing tonight, and uh, they're in game one already but of, of the next series. But but there's boy, a reason why. Yeah, that that last game in San Fran, I mean, divine hey, all Even odds. game three was a great game, <laughs> even though the Cubs lost. <laughs> They've all been pretty good. Hey, the only one, that, the first one won to nothing in yeah, Wrigley. The second game was a conquer. But, but uh, yeah. maybe the drought is over. We'll see. You know, some guy did bring a goat to that last game. It didn't work, apparently, up at AT&T Park. Mm. So the curse of the goat didn't work there. I don't know. I hope it doesn't show up at Wrigley Field, though. I'm glad I didn't sit next to the goat. Ironically, the last time the Cubs were in the World Series when this whole goat curse uh, occurred, it was 1945, and I guess it was against Detroit. And it wasn't uh, – it was seven games, but I think they played the first – the three in Detroit and the last four in Chicago. They didn't go back and forth. I guess they didn't have the, you know the aircraft back then or whatever. But uh, it was Cub- a short drive. Cubs lost in seven. It was it was Detroit sad. Tigers. Hal Newhouser and Dizzy Trout. <laughs> How's that for trivia? <laughs> That's good. 
But anyway, hey, a quick shout out to Guy Hanford and everybody at Ken Video, formerly Kensington Video, right next to the Ken, Ken Cinema in, uh, in uh, Kensington on Adams Avenue. I was over there this week and I saw Command and Control and uh, had a chat with Guy. He listens to the show, so hello, Guy. I heard Guy. that movie was the bomb. It was. <laughs> <laughs> It's going to air nationally, I guess, on, on public television uh, this year or next. But, boy, it's a scary situation with uh, the nuclear uh, nuclear bombs, and uh, hopefully we're getting that under control. So, uh, anyway, let's uh, introduce our guest. What do you say, Richard? Let's do it. This guy's an expert, a sponsor, a wonderful friend. He's working with you for many, many years. Uh, the, the arcane and obtuse and complicated, complex field of cost segregation, he knows it backwards and forwards and helps – helps a client save millions of dollars all over the country, he and his company and his, and his other principals. But uh, his name is Joel Greshkin. Joel, welcome back. Thanks, guys. Great to be here. Was that an adequate introduction for you? It was. I'm still <laughs> trying to figure out what some of those adjectives were, though. But, Joe, we want to talk about something other than cost segregation to begin with. Yeah, begin but, with. Bring it up. The, well, Walt, the I, Walton statue. Absolutely. I, I just read all these articles, and I, I've I've been a basketball junkie my whole life, uh, a big Bill Walton fan. I know him personally. And, that makes uh, two of us. He's a wonderful, That makes wonderful, three of us. Yeah. Last, time I went to his, and, last time I went to Bill's house, he was on the phone, so he gave me a frisbee. He said, Richard, go out back and play with the dogs for 10 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, I just, uh, I think, uh, you know, I look at what Pal Pat Kilkenny did in putting up the funding to, to – have that statue done and two hundred thousand, right? Two hundred thousand mm -hmm. dollars, and uh, and to see what's what's going on with the port authority and all these other it's pitiful. Entities. But I think I have a solution though, and I I, I was I checked around that bridge that rose garden that bridge uh, on the um, east side of balboa park over park boulevard i think we should call that the bill walton memorial bridge and get the statue on the west side joe it's not memorial until he dies well i know <laughs> okay well, you know we'll... so it's the bill walton bridge the and bill then walton when he bridge. dies you put well, in the word memorial memorial i don't i don't know it could be contemporary but anyway okay. uh and also i think they should put a few statues of, of maybe a, a a young kid a challenged athlete because he's big with them it may be and then maybe create another kid with just holding a basketball. I or noticed something. the Padres had a lot of challenged athletes. <laughs> hey, now, have now you're getting personal. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. Now, can we say someone got fired over there? Is that public news? Mike yet? D got fired. Yay. <laughs> He's and who is he? He was the Padres CEO and president. Wow. Yeah, the wow. guy who traded Matt Kemp for nothing, who released Dan Straley, who won 14 games for the Reds and got nothing for him. And then, and then you Straley tell... was making the minimum, by the way, five hundred twelve thousand. And then this this phenomenal and traded Drew Pomeranz for an eighteen year old. Yeah, well, and... and he gave him a vote of confidence in June, so that's yeah. that's, that's always, always the definite. Yeah. But yeah. then you also let us know, Richard, that uh, he he had a chance to get Javier Baez, who on the Cubs is making these play uh, out of his mind. Yeah, we, we couldn't part with James Shields to get Javier yeah. Baez. <laughs> We need to get Theo Epstein first, and then we'll go from there. No, Joe, we had Joe, we had Theo Epstein. We did. Yeah. What position did he play? No. <laughs> did we really, honestly? Yeah, didn't he do? Did, wasn't he an intern here when he was at Absolutely. University City? Are Absolutely. you kidding me? Of course he was. Of oh my was. God, this is yeah. like the Chargers he with Chuck, here. Chuck yeah. Noll, Bill Walsh. Yeah. They all start in San Diego, and then they go win championships elsewhere. This is really. Yeah, I love watching the Dodgers in the playoffs with Dave Roberts and, managing and, and, and Adrian Gonzalez. Oh man, I'm telling you, and let's, Anthony hey, Rizzo. Let's get into cost segregation. <laughs> right, this is really ticking me off. So Joel, Joel, anything else on the Bill Walton situation? What do you think, Joel? What do you think? Oh, I I just think I, I don't care whether. It's on the bridge where you said, but I really love the airport idea. Mm -hmm. I just think 
you know, he's San Diego. They're not I mean, even calling really it Lindbergh is. Field anymore. They're calling it the San Diego International Park. I, I mean, what happened to Charles Lindbergh, for God's sake? Any you know, idea? What's uh, going on? Good, good question. <laughs> ask, ask the Port Authority. Oh, my god. Well, gosh. we know who to ask at the Port Authority, Joe. He was just on our show. Yeah, Bob. Yeah. Um, I'm the commissioner. Co- I'm having coffee with him. I will, I will definitely put this on the agenda. Okay, so. good. Oh, we'll get it god. done. We yeah. got the Dr. Seuss plaque done so we can get the Bill Walton statue done, too. Oh, God. It's, it's sad. I mean, here, here's a guy. He is the premier, I think, best uh, raised, you know, San Diego born and bred at, with the maybe the other exception of Ted Williams. But Ted didn't have any championships, did he? I mean, uh, Well, don't what? forget Mo Connolly. I know, but that's ancient history, Richard. I mean, well, so is Ted Williams. I, I understand. Well, I know, but major. Ted and ma- Mo grew up together. Look, let's face it, the major, the major team sports. You I know, understand. Um, but but um, women's tennis is important to me. Well, all tennis is important to you. But, um, you know, the other issue with tennis is there's just the Americans haven't really dominated the sport like uh, in back in the day. And uh, I think American audience has kind of waned so the I agree so I think that I think the big difference is that Bill has finished his career and he has come back to San Diego or never really never really changed his residence mm-hmm. and has become a, an integral part of the community oh my god how many boards is he and his wife on I mean they're on everything uh, you know so many good causes and such a big heart and uh, it's you know they really need to get their act together and find a, a the appropriate place I say Balboa Park somewhere the airport might be a little bit you know a bridge too far who how's that for a metaphor but anyway uh, <laughs> so Joel Grushkin uh, Great friend of the show. You've got a fascinating business history. Uh, can you just give us a little a thumbnail of your education and career before we get into the mechanics and of, of class segregation? Because just to refresh me and our listeners. Well, I spent the uh, the early part of my business career uh, in what was then a big eight CPA firm, uh, Arthur Young and Company, now Ernst & Young. We're now down to the final four. And now down to the final four. And uh, Speaking of final four, we got like about four seconds to the break. I should have. Okay, we're, we're going to do that we'll after the break. We'll pick up right with your career right after we come back. What do you say there, Justin? A little bit of music. We'll come right back with uh, Joel Grushkin, cost segregation right after this. Hang on. We are back with Joel Greshkin, Class Segregation Initiatives, talking about sports and other great things. But we left off with Joel's career. So, Joel, you want to pick up with Ernst & Young and take it forward. Yeah, it was actually uh, Arthur Young & Company, because so, I left way before the merger. Spent about 12 years there and uh, got to spend most of my career on the consulting side of the house. Mm-hmm. My, my typical clients were real estate developers. Um, mm. A lot of them in Los Angeles. Then when I came to San Diego, that was really what my focus was here, along with some technology companies and that sort of thing. Because, you know, when you're in a big firm like that, you end up doing a lot of different things. Was, but, that, was that in San Diego here? Or uh, started in L.A. and then came to San Diego and, and uh, uh, closed out my career uh, about six years here in San Diego. Mm-hmm. But uh, went off and... Uh, Continued to run uh, consulting companies, uh, focused on the financial services industry, did a lot of number of bank and savings and loan startups back in the old days, hmm. uh, and then was out in the development industry for a while. Um, so spent some time on the construction side of things, the financial side, and, uh, and about 12, 13 years ago, uh, was asked to look at a deal. And I, being, being kind of a deal junkie, I, I jumped at that. And it turned out to be a little company that was involved in the cost segregation business and uh, was kind of fascinated by it. I'd been away from the day-to-day 
accounting issues uh, facing real estate owners. Hmm. And uh, as we started looking into it, I thought, wow, this is a pretty inter interesting deal if it's real. So we spent some time doing due diligence on it and uh, uh, found out what it was really all about and looked at who was doing it and how they were doing it and realized that a lot of the people in the business, first of all, it was very fragmented, but a lot of people in the business really didn't have real estate experience, didn't have tax backgrounds. Mm. And we just saw a, an opening in the space to go do this. So this is about 238 pages of the 70,000 page tax code that you, you guys it, carved out, right? And it keeps changing. <laughs> and it keeps changing. So so we have a group that's, that's now been together for about 12 years. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, uh, and as Richard knows, and, and Joe, you know, you've, you've met uh, Kurt. Kurt Gotro, who's, mm -hmm. who's our senior partner. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and he and I spent a lot of time uh, teaching this to CPAs and financial advisors uh, all over the country. Mm -hmm. And uh, Kurt's a, a former president of the uh, Louisiana State CPA Society mm -hmm. uh, and opted to sell his, uh, his practice, his CPA practice, and focus on cost segregation uh, about 12 years ago. Exclusively. So we, we all kind of came together, and, and uh, we've, uh, we, we've had a, gr a good run with this. It's really been uh, fascinating have to stay on top of it. Have you ever totaled up the total amount of dollars that you have saved clients? It must be in several tens of millions, huh? Well, I'd say it's probably uh, in the billions. It's in the billions. <laughs> yeah, this, yeah. I was doing it right I mean, yeah, it's, just, just on one client I know. You ought to put that on your website. It's in the tens of millions. Yeah. It's, like McDonald's over 33 million, over so many billion saved. Or yeah, it's, yeah, instead it's, of serve, saved. Yeah, yeah it's, it, it's pretty amazing. Uh, you know, even one of the projects that, that Richard's aware of that uh, we did last year, I think the first year tax savings, it was on a new hotel that was built, uh, was close to $4 million. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and that's one client, one project in the very first year. So, But, you know, I, when the news about Donald Trump not paying taxes came out, I wasn't surprised because I think one of the most beneficial businesses to be in if you don't want to pay taxes is real estate development because real estate owners get a lot of depreciation, which for those of you who don't know, that means you can buy a building and after you allocate maybe 15, 20, 25% to land, you can expense the cost of the building over well, usually thirty-nine years, but it could be less, depending. But on did the he nature. make some bad decisions? I mean, the go-go nineties. Well, are... I don't want. I don't. Nobody knows what's on there. But the point right. is, as a real estate developer, you know that over the years, Donald Trump has taken tremendous amounts of depreciation. I have no problem with that, mm -hmm. uh, because that's what the tax code entitles a real estate owner to do. I am sure, and Joel, I'm sure you would agree. I am sure Donald Trump, Donald Trump has used cost segregation to great advantage. Uh, if he hasn't, I would be shocked. I would be beyond shocked if he hasn't. <laughs> yeah. 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 And, and as Richard said, I mean, if you're going to be in the real estate industry, uh, you, you, have to, you have to take advantage of what's available to you in the tax code. Mm -hmm. And if because, you're not— Because it's about after cash. It's, after, it's about after tax cash flow in yep. that business. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, uh, for our listeners who may not have heard, maybe you can dis define or describe cost segregation and... and uh, so, Joe, quickly, depreciation, just the basics on depreciation, and then to cost seg. Yeah, if if uh, if you own commercial real estate, and, and whether that's a shopping center or an office building or uh, even uh, 
a residential property used for a com commercial use. Like and it was pretty much anything except a principal residence yeah, or a any, vacation home. Like yeah. a retirement yeah. home or whatever. Yeah. Right? yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, the first thing that happens when, when you acquire it, is you, as Richard said, you've got to back out the underlying land value because land doesn't depreciate. Mm -hmm. What's left is your taxable basis. And if it's a typical commercial building, it's 39-year life. So you divide that number by 39, and you get 39 equal parts of that each, each year. Uh, as long as you own the property till you till you run through it. Uh, if it is a residential property, it starts with a 27 and a half year life, but mm -hmm. it, works, it works the same way. Mm -hmm. And that's what's called straight line depreciation. And it is the easiest method for a CPA to do. That's the lazy way, right? It is, yeah, mm -hmm. I, I would say it is definitely the lazy <laughs> yeah. way. And you know, the issue being that not everything in that building that makes up the building or everything that makes up what goes on top of the land or the preparation of the land has a 39-year life, mm -hmm. or in the case of residential, a 27-and-a-half-year life. There are so many things inside a building that could be depreciated over five years, seven years, uh, and then outside the building, all of the land improvements, the walkways, the driveways, the landscape, the drainage systems, the preparation of the lot itself, mm -hmm. all it can be depreciated over 15 years. Hmm. So why would you spread that out over 39 when you could take it much earlier? Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of the things on the interior, even on the exterior, are things that are going to wear out. You're going to have to replace them. Like your elevator or something, right? Well, your, your air elevator, air conditioning, your, everything that's simple stuff, the carpets, the wall coverings, the mm -hmm. window coverings. The, the other thing that people miss is if your business is operating in that space, whether you're a, a physician uh, or you have an insurance company or a law firm. Assisted living home. Assisted living. There daycare are, centers. There are things that are required for your business to function. Mm -hmm. in, a, in, a, in a medical office, every exam room ends up having to have plumbing in it so the doctors can wash their hands. Because of, of the type of property and what goes on in a medical facility, standard air conditioning is typically not adequate. Hmm. You've got to have more wiring to make all the equipment work. All those things are considered specialty and they're necessary for the business. They all go to a five-year life. Hmm. So, you know, we look at some of these medical buildings where we may find 30, 40% of the total depreciable value of that, of that building could be depreciated in, in five years. Hmm. Why would you take that and spread that out over 39? It doesn't make sense. And, and I yeah. should mention some property actually qualifies for immediate write-off if it has a shorter life like five years, correct? That's correct. With the, the new bonus rules, uh, there are a lot of ways to accelerate depreciation now. Huh. How about that? Well, I know these labs, we're a big biotech center here. The, mm -hmm. the clean rooms, they obviously need um, enhanced uh, air conditioning or, or air, air processing systems, right? Uh, they, they need that. They put in a lot of special plumbing, depending on what it is they're doing. Mm -hmm. The lighting is different. They're not using standard lighting. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of the air filtration uh, that's required, depending on what kind of chemicals they're using and, and uh and, and even such things as the flooring, if, if you're in a situation where that, those floors constantly are being washed, like in a, in a hospital or mm -hmm. medical facility, the, the 
surface uh, only holds up so long. Yeah. And and so uh, these things are every five years you're changing them out. Why would you try to depreciate that stuff over 39 years when you're not going to have them? Hmm. Well, folks, you're going to get over to costsaganalysts.com, and we'll come back with Joe Greshkin more with more interesting information right after these words. Hang on. the award-winning It's Your Money and Your Life and more awards on the way, right, Richard? And he's going to thank our sponsors. Right yeah, we've now. been nominated for quite a few. I guess we got the awards dinner yeah. next week. Well, we actually won. Uh, we've won some. They just don't know. Yeah, we just don't know what we've won. We don't know what place yet. It's but a anyway. surprise. Hey, big thank you to our sponsors. We could not do this show without you, BS. Michael Caronta, Drew Friedis, and the team. But without Michael and the folks at UBS, we could not do this show. So a big thank you to UBS. Also, all of our other sponsors, we've got two sets of great CPAs. We've got Polito Epic CPAs, more traditional firm with Don Epic and Paul Polito, and a very specialized firm, Signature Analytics, with Jason Kruger CPA. Jason is going to be a guest here very soon. They, are, of course, are a great regional West Coast-based CFO service firm. Also, tonight's guest, Joel Gruskin, Cost Segregation Initiatives, helping real estate owners make money and improve their cash flow. Now, all this money our CPAs and cost sex specialists make for you. How about Geiger Law Office? Brenda Geiger specializes in asset protection and estate planning. Our favorite bankers on the planet, California Republic Bank with Elaine Elliott and Sean Puckett. They've just done an interesting merger. We're going to talk about that in the near future. That bank continues to grow and grow. They serve very wealthy families and family offices with very unique and specialized banking services and the most incredible security you have ever seen. Also, Hub International, formerly known as Mars Maddox Insurance, a great employee benefits firm. A lot of folks have open enrollment and renewals coming up on December 1. Neil Staley with Hub International. The LG Experience and the Lombardi Group, helping wealth advisors make heroes out of CPAs to the CPA's very best clients. Also, Paul Hines. Paul heads up Hearthstone Private Wealth Management. He, of course, also is the lead person on SeniorSafeAndSound.org, a charity here in town that helps to prevent financial abuse against elders. Also, our favorite mortgage broker, Nathan Watkins. Interest rates remain low. Whether you're buying or refinancing, we highly recommend Nathan Watkins. Former sponsor, now a sponsor again, but for a different reason, Carl Sheeler. Carl, of course, with his great charity product in Colorado, Two Bears Ranch, bringing equine therapy to veterans with PTSD. And I already mentioned at the top of the show, Michelle St. Clair with Elite Lifestyle Management, helping people like me who have absolutely no time get all kinds of really interesting things done all across the country and world that we need to get done even though we have no time. And again, big thank you to her and her company for getting me set up there in San Antonio with my ever-changing Mary Kay event in terms of how many people were showing up at the last second. And Joe, I'm getting hungry talking about all of this. Well, our other great sponsors are Lestat's Coffee Houses in um, University Heights and the original on Adams Avenue and Normal Heights and a new one on uh, University Avenue and Hillcrest. Uh, all booming, doing well, and they're open 24-7, 365. Also, the Berry Good Food Foundation and Mar Michelle Ciccarelli Lyrac and all the great work they do. They got another show coming up with us later this year. I believe it'll be about It's late this month, I think. Yeah, it's about seafood. I think it's November. I'm not sure. But um, anyway, they've done great shows with the past, and I think they're going to win some awards along with us. Uh, cool. Their show's been... Uh, That's uh, very good. Yeah, it's very good. 
And uh, look, if anybody wants to learn, <laughs> learn more about uh, our sponsors, just go to our website, iymoney.com. There is a sponsor tab there. All their information is there, their contact information, background information. And I know many have been working with you, Richard, including our guest tonight for many, many years, right? Many, many years. In one case, dating back almost 30 years. There you go, with great success. We're all sitting here with gray hair. <laughs> What's left of it. What's left of it. <laughs> I was going to say, some of us have. Yeah. <laughs> But anyway, Joel, your website, costseganalyst.com, there's one great page in there which uh, targets all the, the, the most uh, likely buildings um, and properties that could benefit from your service. And I think we should run through those just because people may know somebody with a fast food franchise or whatever. And um, why don't we do that? So there's fast food franchises. There's shopping centers, um, hospitality, which would, I guess, include hotels and motels, whatever, auto dealerships. Multi-family apartment buildings, senior living uh, facilities, even a sports club. Fit, you don't think of this, but fitness centers and sports clubs, office buildings, of course, uh, and medical buildings, and then let's, um, and that's uh, hospitals and, and such. And did I leave anything out? Uh, I think it pretty well covers it. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, the the type of commercial real estate almost doesn't matter. Some are going to be better than others. We're going to get more tax benefits, but that is partially due to the nature of how much specialty uh, items and specialty equipment happen to be a part of those businesses. Mm -hmm. But you know, even a um, a small building that an owner of a manufacturing company or distribution company buys to house his own business in, mm -hmm. one of the things that we, we we tend to see being forgotten is. If, if you buy a, a building to house your business and you buy it in your own limited liability corporation, an LLC, and you lease it to uh, your operating entity, which, which typically is, a, is an S-corp, mm -hmm. um, a lot of CPAs still seem to think that, that that taxpayer has limitations on losses. Mm -hmm. And and we have to point out a lot of times a section in the tax code that allows for grouping of those entities because of their like ownership. And it eliminates this whole issue of passive loss limitations. Mm. And and people just, if they're not dealing with real estate all the time, they're not up to speed on those 230,000 pages you were talking about. <laughs> yeah, but uh, another issue that you see frequently missed, um, one of our prior guests, Biz Now, mentioned that a lot of the owners of these types of properties that Joe just listed, they're 60 years old, 70 years old, mm -hmm. and they wind up, like we all will someday, dying. And, and people don't necessarily think about the fact that when somebody dies, well, they usually acknowledge or the CPA gets the fact that they get what's called a step-up in basis. Here in California, it's even when the first spouse dies, if it's community property. So let's assume that you, you bought your shopping center 30 years ago for a million dollars, and then you pass away and it's now worth $10 million. You get to redepreciate it. In other words, you get to step the basis up to its fair market value at date of death, allocate to land, allocate to building, and start depreciating again. But a lot of CPAs, a lot of clients who've had someone pass away who own significant real estate, they don't realize that cost seg applies. Most people think it only applies when you buy, but, but it applies anytime there's an event that has to be reported on your tax return. Uh, absolutely. And, and what tends to get missed is the fact that let's say somebody has only had the building for 20 years mm -hmm. and they've been doing straight line depreciation the whole time there. And it's a 39 year life. So almost half the life of the building is still there mm -hmm. and it hasn't been depreciated yet. You can do a study and break out everything that's left and accelerate that depreciation 
as long as you do it before the final estate tax return is filed. Mm -hmm. And that's an offset against the taxes that are owed on that return. But if they've been doing straight line, and is it retroactive or we, not? We can actually go all the way back to the date they acquired the property as long as it was after January 1 of 87. Yeah, for example, uh, Joel's company did a cost seg study for one of my clients who passed away who owned a very large, uh, who owns a very large um, mini storage facility down in the desert. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we get so much depreciation that, and this is the first spouse to die. This is really cool. We get so much depreciation. We've got like three or four years where we're going to pay almost no income tax. And the surviving spouse, the husband, he's now 92. So I guess what happens when he passes away, which I think is going to outlive all of us, but he's going to pass away in the next five, 10 years, we get another step up. So even though we've got all this accelerated appreciation, well, we get to do it again then for the kids when they inherit. I mean, I'm telling you, owning real estate is so cool. So every commercial property now, there's pretty much fair game. I mean, you guys should do free, con people just call you and just uh, you can do a free consultation, I we, guess. We will do, in fact, we won't take on a project without doing a no-cost preliminary analysis first. How about and, that? And what that analysis is going to show a comparison between continuing to do straight line or whatever method they've been doing and what the tax benefits would look like after you do a cost segregation study. We don't hmm. charge for that, uh, but it will show the client based on their tax rate what the tax benefits are gonna look like and we quote a fixed fee uh, uh, estimate at that point. Hmm. Now you mentioned it's, it's about how many pages in tax, so 230 and then how many in regs? Because regs are a big deal also. Right? Uh, you know, I couldn't even begin to guess. Richard <laughs> might know no, that. I, it's, it's, we've lost track. Thousands, I guess. Right? Well, and it's, it's, you know, there's a whole lot, but they're changing all the time. Uh, there's something that uh, came out in 2015 that took effect in 2016. Here, here's the title of it. This was part of the Protecting Americans from Tax Hikes <laughs> Act of 2015. Uh-oh. Called PATH hold for short. Your, yeah. Hold now, on to your wallet. You know, <laughs> it, 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 yeah, <laughs> exactly. However, however, this one is for commercial real estate people, uh -huh. uh, for folks that own buildings or folks that are leasing but are going to pay for the build-out of that uh -huh. property. And, and that's and, a good tease for our last segment because we got to take a break right now. So, folks, we're on our path to the break. Hang on, and uh, Joel will explain more about this great tax savings uh, with cost segregation right after this. <laughs> Just an excellent selection. We're getting smart. Getting smart with Joel Greshkiner about cost segregation, and we're back. And we're back on the path to saving real estate yeah. owners tons of money. So what were you saying there, Joe, about? The regulation. The regulation. Well, the, the new PATH Act, uh, you know, for, for years we've had something called leasehold improvements. And there were periods where you could do straight line depreciation 15 years for leasehold improvements that you put into your building. The issue with that is leasehold improvements were only good if there was a lease in place. Mm -hmm. So if you owned the building and you were building out your own space, it wouldn't apply. So there had to be a lease in place, uh, and the the uh, uh, the property had to have been at least three years old. And this was put in place at a time where the government was trying to get people with older buildings to make improvements, right, to rehab them and improve. And so, uh, so if your if your building wasn't at least three years old and you didn't have a formal lease in place, you couldn't use it. Now, under the, the PATH Act, which went into effect January 1 of this year, 2016, um, the three-year 
limitation is gone. So the property, as long as it's been in service, it might have only been in service for six months or a year, the, the build-out of it uh, can now be taken on a much shorter life, and it provides for bonus depreciation. However, there's some things that, that have to be there. And these are non-structural improvements made to the building. They have to be on the interior, not the exterior. Um, they have to be improvements that are non-structural. So we, we can't have supporting walls and that sort of thing. Uh, but the ability to accelerate depreciation uh, is, is just off the charts. And we've done some studies recently, even going smaller than what we normally would have done. It's, it's pretty complicated there without a set of plans and being able somebody to, that can break down whether something is structural, whether it is not structural, where the things are going. You can't just take a pile of invoices and say, well, there was paint. Mm -hmm. Well, was it on the inside? Was it on the outside? How much volume of paint was used? All these things, it's gotten very, very complicated. But, you know, on a, on a project that was a, a $2 million improvement project, um, we look at our normal five-year property. In this case, it was about 15%. There was some seven-year, which was about 4%. 15-year, uh, uh, which are the things on the outside, was $173,000. There was still... 39-year property of $1.4 million. And because of these new rules, almost a million dollars of that was eligible for bonus depreciation. Hmm. Which, which means bonus means immediate. Immediate. Yeah. Immediate. Huh. So, you know. That's a real bonus. It's a real bonus. And the, the numbers are somewhat staggering when, mm -hmm. you, when you look at them. But the issue is... There is a lot of detail required to do this. And so now when we're doing a cost segregation study, the level of detail required is, is more substantial than it was before. And we thought it was a lot then. Yeah. And in essence, when we do a study, we are building a database on that building so that we know everything that makes up the building and we have it down to the point where we can tell you what every square foot of drywall was worth when you mm. bought the building. Uh, we know what every, every piece of the plumbing system is worth, every, every linear foot of pipe, mm -hmm. uh, every cubic yard of concrete. It's all detailed out. That's the kind of detail you need to know uh, and know how that those products are being used to be able to take these write-offs. Yeah, and if CPAs aren't doing this, they're doing a great disservice to their real estate-owning clients. Uh, another area, Joe, well, there's some confusion is what we call the repair regulations. Let me give you a real simple example. Let's assume I own a commercial building and it has 20 different units that I'm renting out and my little um, hair salon moves out and I've got to redo 680 square feet of carpet and paint a few walls. Do, do I get to write that off immediately as repairs? Do, or do I have to capitalize that? And to pre I mean, what, what are these repair regs? What are they telling us? And well, why is this important? I, I think the repair regs are going to look at the units of property. And in a case where you're dealing with a small facility, small amount of, amount of carpet, mm -hmm. most people are going to 
just expense that. Right, but don't you have to have a policy in place? You have to have a policy in place. There's a de minimis rule, which was started at $500, now it's up to $2,500. But but that really only fits for uh, uh, companies that have uh, financial statements. Right. And uh, so you've got to look at the guidelines. And part of what we do when we do a study is break out all of the systems within a building because part of your your comparison to determine whether or not something can be expensed is a comparison of the, uh, the, the unit of property that that component is a part mm-hmm. of. And uh, we, we break out buildings typically, depending on the, the, the way a building is built, in as many as nine systems. And we have to look at what is being torn out, what is being replaced, and what that represents as a percentage of that mm-hmm. system. Yeah, it's a lot of work, but um, a lot of people are capitalizing things that could be expensed. And on the flip side, a lot of people are expensing things that if they get audited, the IRS is not going to be really happy. And a lot of it goes to what percentage of, like, if mm-hmm. we're replacing windows in an apartment building. Right. Uh, if we're only replacing 10% of the windows, probably get away with expensing it. But if you're replacing 30 or 40%, you're going to have to capitalize. Mm-hmm. And and you need to make those comparisons to, sure. to, to know. Uh, and, and your CPA needs to know how you're doing it. Mm-hmm. You must work with a lot of engineers and, uh, and construction experts all the time, right, Joel? These? We, we do, and we have uh, people in-house that uh, do nothing but break down plans and, and do these allocations. Uh, and, uh, and, you know, there's two major components to cost segregation. One is that ability to break out the costs and look at a set of plans and see how these various components and materials are used. And the other is tying that all to the tax code. Hmm. So, you know, we have CPAs in-house. None of them do tax returns. Uh, the only thing we do is cost segregation. So, Joel, anything on the horizon with new legislation, clarification, you know, IRS audit programs? What are you hearing? Richard, we, we know that the IRS is updating the audit guideline on cost segregation. Okay. And, in fact, uh, they are using the minimum quality guidelines that the American Society of Cost Seg Professionals has developed. Good. That's the, the, the only certification body for the industry. Just happens that, uh, unfortunately, couldn't be here today with us. Uh, Kurt Gotra, my partner, is the co-chair of the Standards Committee for mm-hmm. that society. So mm-hmm. we're, we're staying on top of that. We, we don't really feel, I mean, we never know what the IRS is going to do, but we're we're in touch with them a lot on this, and, and we don't think this is something that is a target. Hmm. Well, I mean, the construction industry must have a pretty strong lobby, I would think, right? In a- well, I, I think they do, but I, but I also think that, you know, with depreciation, we're not creating more depreciation. Mm-hmm. We are giving you the opportunity to change the timing on how you're going to use it. And, and what we're really doing is a, it's a much more accurate way to take your depreciation. Mm-hmm. And I guess it's like the mortgage uh, deduction for your home. I mean, it's something that uh, they may not be, the public well, would. We will always have significant tax benefits for ownership of real estate in the tax code, as long as the tax code remains in its complex state. Obviously, if we go to some sort of value-added tax or, you know, flat tax, mm-hmm. everybody's at risk, not just real estate. But, but, but the point is that, that the government has always incentivized the ownership and the improvement of real estate as a matter of public policy. Well, that's a good thing. It is a good thing. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Well, anything we should uh, wrap up with here? Uh, you guys didn't get picks for the World Series because we have about a minute to go here. Any picks? Well, I picked the Red Sox, so I'm not looking too smart. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in the same boat with Richard, I, well, having been a, B- a Boston guy yeah, for years. I so. like the Cubs, but I, I thought the Rangers would do a lot better. But we'll see what happens. We're down to the final four. But, folks, Joe Grushton, thanks for being our guest tonight. Great to see you. Uh, Richard, great seeing you as well. Justin Hart, our board operator, thanks for making it sound terrific. All these podcasts are commercial-free on iymoney.com. Oh, thanks to Craig Blank. And Dave Sniff as well. Have a great week, everybody. Bye bye now.